everyone my name is pratyusha parkala and welcome to my podcast prana cafe prana is a sanskrit word which means life so i'm sitting here by my window and when i look outside i see squirrels and magpies and pigeons and trees and the clouds and occasionally people walking so prana is a representation of all of this life on earth and how we can all live sustainably coexist and live in such a way that we are also taking care of our mother earth as i mentioned in my previous episodes november as we began celebrating world vegan month world vegan day at the entire month i've been doing a series of episodes on veganism and in continuation with that today i have a couple of special guests on my podcast so let's dive right into this week's episode and find out who they are and what we are discussing about i have two very very special guests on my podcast today The first person is Matthew Griffin who has been a vegetarian his entire life and has been vegan since March 2019. He has been involved with climate activism and environmentalism for years and is currently studying an MSc in Environment, Development and Politics. He is a speaker for the organization Greenpeace and is the elected ethical and environmental officer for the Guild of Students at the University of Birmingham at 6 feet 6 inches. He is called as the green giant in the campus. Hey Matthew. Hello, you're all right. Yes, how are you doing? I'm very good. Yeah, I'm very Perfect. very grateful. Thank you for letting me. <laughs> That's great. And uh, my second guest who's also become a dear friend recently, Hannah Proger, who is the member of the Ethical and Environmental Committee at the University of Birmingham. She's been on every continent. In fact, she's almost beat me except for Antarctic, precisely 35 countries. She's gone on to an Everest base camp and recently she's converted vegan, precisely March 2020, right? Hey Hana. Hey, thanks for having me on today. Perfect. It's so lovely to have you both the environmental and ethical committee officer and member. This is fantastic. Uh, Matthew, my first question is for you. You are uh, from a family of vegetarians. Your parents are vegetarians and how important is it to have your immediate circle, friends and family to be in sync with that idea? You know, uh, how easy is it to have a support system? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um I think I'm very privileged in that regard to have been brought up in a vegetarian family because that lifestyle is what I what I want and a lot of people find it difficult to transition mm-hmm. to vegetarian or veganism but obviously being introduced into that lifestyle was very made it much easier and having that support network there is really important. I think not just my parents being vegetarian from young age but it was also my mother turned vegan first. and then it was me and then my dad and my brother so we've all kind of slowly transitioned and it's nice because obviously we can eat the same food and cook the same stuff right it's nice because we're on the same facebook groups so like <laughs> my mum will see this amazing galaxy vegan hot chocolate thing and she'll tag me in it and I'll be like oh my god today. wow so exciting um so yeah i think it's important to have that support network and i appreciate that i'm privileged in that regard as well right so um veganism is almost considered a recent fad but if your parents are involved in it and considering Europe is a meat eating country uh, majorly mm-hmm. was it difficult or different as a kid when you were like vegetarian and you know between all your friends was it weird or how is it yeah i think it was definitely different you're in the minority as a vegetarian right. um in first school i had to get a little card that said i was vegetarian hand it into the waitress so she'd Aww. give me my food that was different um i think there is a, a process of othering there because you know you have to go through different experiences but and in terms of the general teasing you get from friends there's all mm-hmm. all sorts of teasing and the one things i find a lot is they give you a lot of hypotheticals so it's like what if you were the last person alive and there was one cow 
would you kill it? And it's all these sort of hypotheticals that kind of put you in a, a different light. But generally, I think I'm very lucky. My friends are very supportive of me. Um, and it's interesting to see how a lot of my friends around me have changed to vegetarianism and veganism because having that influence in your life does does affect you, I think. Right. And this proves that influence doesn't always have to be bad. There could be good influence too, right? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you are the environmental and ethical committee officer in the campus. Uh, in fact, both of you uh, can go for the answer. There are about 30 eating spaces, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so how important is it that they are inclusive as well to have, you know, some of the options catered to vegans? And uh, because I know but that both of you have done your undergrad program also on campus. Yeah. So in these last four or five years how important is it for spaces to be inclusive i think it's essential i I think in terms of encouraging people to go vegan if you don't have an option to eat on campus then you're not going to be able to do it it's not sustainable so it's essential that they have at least some options but in terms of broadening that out i think it just makes it it encourages an ethos of sustainable eating i think the more the university takes up the approach the better so one things i've been looking at doing is working with the food department and catering to try and introduce more vegan and vegetarian options from both an ethical point of view but also the environmental side and also like you said it's about creating an inclusive eating environment so you want everyone in the university to be able to eat on campus and there are a lot of vegans so right. it's important that we have that option mm-hmm. and i think the university needs to improve to be honest there are areas to improve in that regard right and what about you, Hannah? What do you think, like, you know, about eating spaces? You can't just have that one space in one corner where you have one dish, right? I mean, there are vegan foodies and... Literally, I was vegetarian when I was um, in my first year at uni. So we um, wore a meal plan and I found it really difficult to eat as a vegetarian on campus following the meal plan. You had limited options and I ended up spending most of my money on coffee and still having to cook for myself because... What I found with the university catering outlets, especially for dinner, it was just the same food over and over again. And I got a bit fed up of it. And it makes you want to convert back, especially not being a lifelong vegetarian like Mm -hmm. Matthew. It makes you think, why am I doing this? I'm getting bored of this food. I'm not enjoying my food. And as a big foodie as well, Mm. the lack of options on campus really did make me struggle. Mm. So I hope that's the agenda for this year for, you know, both of you being on the committee. Um, so Matthew, this point came up in our discussion where, uh, you know, you said uh, not necessarily something that you believe, but something that was uh, posed to you. If you have conviction in your belief because you're not actively trying to convince other people. So how important is it? Because vegans are considered crusaders and they're always pushing their agenda. And it's not necessarily like that. It's just stating what you are doing. right? Yeah. So uh, what is this whole conflict? I think it's hard. I think I think it's about finding a balance. So for me, I would feel very uncomfortable going up to someone who's eating a meat product or a dairy product and being like, do you know what you're causing? Do you know what you're responsible for? Right. I would That would make me feel uncomfortable. I think it's about, like what I was saying earlier, about having more vegan options, about educating. Mm-hmm. So, I would, for example, if someone was having honey, I might say, do you know what the implications of eating honey are? And sort of broaden that debate. So they're involved as well. It's not me forcing my beliefs down their throat. It's more of a, right. a debate and like an inclusive conversation about it. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of struggle with this being the ethical environment officer. It's like, how often do I post about vegan things? Because I want to encourage more people to be vegan and vegetarian right. because it's better for the planet uh-huh. and it's better for animal welfare. 
but at the same time I want to find a balance between I don't want to put people off my other agenda because they think that I'm a typical vegan who's just trying to convert them right. and it's a very sort of naive approach mm-hmm. I think this is also something that I consider between uh, activism and being an action taker I just don't want to talk and preach about it but I usually tell people what I am doing personally what is my journey and mm. what is the stuff that I do and if someone comes back to me with a question then I'm more than happy to answer yeah I like that approach I think I'm like trying to find that balance so for example when it was Halloween and everyone was carving their pumpkins I posted about trying to reduce pumpkin waste because I think it's about 15 million pumpkins that are thrown okay. away after the carving so most of the recipes I posted I think it was like 75% of them were vegan recipes uh-huh. so I think that's kind of the balance there because it's it's creating more options and kind of encouraging that conversation So Hannah from our conversations the best thing that I liked was your honesty and commitment unlike Matthew you're not from a family of vegetarians and uh, you've tried going vegetarian for a while then you were vegan then you went back to eating meat which is the kind of dilemma that most people have so uh, what were your challenges and what made you come back to veganism I think my challenges were definitely the people I surround myself with so I first went vegetarian purely due to the fact I got food poisoning and it ruined my fo- my holiday and I was not prepared to let that happen again so personally it was a personal and quite selfish reason why I went vegetarian the first time and then when I went to vegan I really struggled to get my family behind it I didn't try and convert them as such but I think my activism is a lot less because I'm still trying to persuade or tell people the benefits of why I'm doing it so I'm trying to get them on my my page and understand why I'm doing it so I can't I haven't even reached the point of preaching it to them say because I'm still trying to get them to accept that that's what I want to do to mm-hmm. live my life and I really struggled with my parents at first because we're obviously a traditional meat eating family and it meant that I was causing more washing up and they're having to buy more food because we're all eating different things but I think over time I've slowly come started to convert my mom and my family just to eat more vegan options. I don't tell them you have to eat vegan, you have to eat with me, but the offer's there, the food's there if you want to try it. Do it a couple of times a week. That's better than nothing. Right. And I think that's where I'm at at the moment. I'm still trying to deal with the impacts of other people and what they say to me. So I've had a lot of my friends say, "Oh, you only eat grass. You're making it really difficult. You're a leaf eater." And having to like they're like, "Well, we have to go to a restaurant that you choose because you're vegan." vegan and you're the difficult one. Right. And that's been a struggle since lockdown ended. Uh, when you're eating at your own pace and cooking your own food, it's a lot easier I think than trying to go out, especially in a westernized country that's very meat orientated. Mhm. In fact, uh, that's what I like the most about your journey is it's very realistic and relatable because this is exactly the kind of struggle that most people or most of the people have the same reasons and considering your social and you were just telling about how you know uh, your friends are saying you are the grass eater you are this you are that and there's so much labeling in matthew's case he was able to influence his friends positively but in your case you're saying that you know because of peer pressure you are having to answer to them so uh, like you know what makes you stick to being a vegan i think purely for the fact is i know why i'm doing it for myself mm-hmm. uh, well not for myself i'm doing it for the planet i know my reasons whereas when i first went vegan i did it to try it to try new foods to be a bit more healthy and then i decided i wanted to join this masters doing environment development and politics and i educated myself a lot further and i came to understand the reasons behind why i'm doing it and when i 
had a little break from being vegan, if you want to call it a break, when I was just like, I just need to eat chocolate and cheese and all that kind of stuff. I kind of lost sight of what I was doing because everyone else's voices became so loud and that was like a weakness in me and it takes a lot of work, I think, especially being surrounded by people that aren't vegans, to motivate yourself to stick to it because you are the odd one out, you aren't following the norm, so it makes it quite difficult. But I think once you educate yourself and you fully believe in the reasons behind why you're doing it, it's so much easier to stick to and you don't mind having pasta three times a week when you go out because you are benefiting the planet a lot more. So um, I think from what I understand, it's more intrinsic. It has to come from within yes, more completely. than anything else and you've got to want to do it right you've got to understand and a lot of education right uh, I think both of you Completely. would agree to it like you know be it uh, health wise environment wise ethics wise animals wise I don't see any other reasons or am I being biased I think it's such a shame that there's not any more education on it I've never been taught the benefits of being vegan it's always been like oh those vegans are just being annoying yeah <laughs> I think the only time when it's really enters like mainstream discourse is during Veganuary, which has only really become a thing past like two years. Right. But also I will appreciate that I live in a bit of a bubble when it comes to vegan issues. Mm -hmm. Like most, a few of my friends are vegetarian, my family is obviously all vegan now. So it's, I wouldn't say I'm the typical person. So what I understand to be people talking about veganism is my life. It's not necessarily what normal people right. and when they talk about veganism. So I think you're right. I think it's about education. Perfect. All right, guys, thank you so much. That's the Ethics and Environmental Committee officer and member with me and my really dear friends who I've been pushing them to come here. Thank you so much, Matt and Hannah. You guys were fantastic. Thank, thank you for having you so us. much. Yay. Bye. Bye. On today's episode, I am quoting one of the greatest painters of all time, Leonardo da Vinci. He said, My body will not be a tomb for other creatures. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Prana Cafe podcast. We are doing an entire month, the whole of November, a series of episodes on veganism, what it means to explore vegan lifestyle and how different people perceive it. What are the challenges? What are the things that they are learning? So that if you are considering or if you are on the journey of veganism, you know that there is a whole community out there supporting you, thinking like you, maybe um, facing similar challenges and questions. So answering those questions for you and uh, if you have resonated with the episode and if you have share similar thoughts and if you think more people should listen to this conversation do share it with them and in case you have questions or doubts or you want to debate about it then this uh, platform is open for you to discuss you can always reach out to me on my social media handles uh, i'm on facebook instagram twitter as prathyusha cfa18 that is p-r-a-t-h-y-u-s-h-a cfa18 and uh, the prana cafe podcast is available across various platforms it is on spotify anchor.fm google podcast apple podcast do listen to it and share it with uh, friends people just anyone and i'm going to see you next week with another episode of the prana cafe podcast till then take care stay safe and lots of love to you Bye bye